again, all of those struggles that I went through really did make me stronger. And I think that they made me a better student coming into graduate school and helped me, number one, choose the right school, but also helped me face adversity with a different attitude. And definitely something I carry on, you know, when I have hard days in Miss Virginia, everything isn't all, you know, makeup and hair and roses and butterflies as Miss Virginia. There's hard days and there's long days. So when I face those things, I think I face them with a very different outlook now. What is up, Fit Farm fam? Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. My name is Dr. Adam Martin. I am a practicing pharmacist, nutrition consultant, author, and lover of living life to the fullest. Each episode on the podcast, I will dispense to you an innovator and expert in the world of healthcare so they can share their story, their struggles, and best practice tips to empower you to nail your nutrition, master your mindset, fit in fitness, and take your level of impact to the next level with simple solutions for how to live with passion and purpose. Thank you for spending your time with me today. Now let's discuss how to dispense your full potential. All too often, you might think of pharmacy as being that place in the basement, that unspoken hero. But with today's special guest, we have Miss Virginia 2019, who is a pharmacy student at Virginia Commonwealth University School of Pharmacy, taking the national stage at one of the most prestigious competitions in the world of the Miss America organization. Our guest is Camille Schreier, 23, a doctor of pharmacy student at Virginia Commonwealth University, who was awarded the statewide title of Miss Virginia in Lynchburg this past June the 22nd. She was one of 24 contestants, and as Miss Virginia, she will represent the Commonwealth in the Miss America competition. Instead of dance or baton twirling, Trier's winning talent presentation featured her in a white lab coat and safety goggles, mixing chemicals to create spouts of colorful foam that shot far above the stage. You've probably seen this experiment as it's been exploding across social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, everywhere, because she is being such a voice for the profession of pharmacy for her state and for everything that she is so passionate about on the national stage. So I want to give a very warm welcome to our special guest this episode, Ms. Camille Schreier. Welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a great honor to be on here with you. It's a pleasure. And I am just so excited because I have interviewed a lot of awesome professionals in pharmacy, pharmacists, pharmacy students, but I've never interviewed anyone or met anyone in my life <laughs> who's involved in the Miss America competition. So I'm just like, like I told you before the podcast, like I'm just so fascinated about this whole process. Oh, great. I think that there's not a lot of people that, um, really have been able to take this um, organization and bring it into being healthcare or science. And so that's something that I'm really trying to change. So I'm excited to be that, that voice for everyone. And I'm excited to hear and share your message with all of pharmacy. Um, so this is one thing that I have found with people that I've had on the podcast is they excel at pharmacy, but it's not because they go all in on pharmacy. They have something else. They have that passion that they've been investing in and just really fills them up and makes them happy. So by doing that side thing, 
it fills them up in all areas of their life, including pharmacy. So I want to kind of start off by having you share how you came to become Miss Virginia with that whole process, and then also kind of touch on uh, why you chose pharmacy as a profession and how you kind of found that, that merger between the two passions in your life. Yeah, so I'll start a little bit by talking about how I ended up kind of becoming Miss Virginia. Um, I used to compete in organizations like this as a teenager, but I, I decided to stop doing them once I was about 18 when I was going off to college to do my undergraduate education because I just didn't really see the benefit for me anymore and I really wanted to focus on my education. So I took a hiatus and I kind of didn't really plan to return because I was really focused on school. And so I got to a point um, in this past year where I had seen the Miss America organization change. It was something that I was always in the back of my head. You have those little like dreams and goals that you think that you would want to do if you ever had the opportunity, but maybe will never come to fruition. So that was kind of one of those for me. And it was something I hoped to maybe do in my lifetime. Um, And they changed the organization to get rid of the swimsuit competition. They rebranded to something called Miss America 2.0, which really focuses on women and their achievements rather than what we look like on the outside. And that change really resonated with me. And so I decided to enter a local competition only in April. So it's, what is it, the first day of August? The first week of April, I decided to do a local competition. And that was the first kind of inkling that I would even want to compete. That was only four months ago. And now I'm sitting here a month into my reign as Miss Virginia. So it's been a whirlwind very quickly. Um, But I I decided to enter that local competition. And to compete in the Miss America organization, you have to have your own social impact initiative and you have to have a performing talent. And those were two things that I didn't really have um, necessarily. It's not that I didn't, you know, work on things that were impacting our world and our community and that I didn't have any talents. And so that was something that I kind of had to start developing. And so first I wanted to look at the social impact initiative side. And so what I work on every day as a pharmacy student and as a future healthcare professional is helping to educate patients and keep them safe. And so as someone who had a mom, my mom was a nurse growing up. And so she really stressed medication safety to me and she would measure every single thing that she gave me. She would make sure I was taking the proper dose and that I was taking the right frequency of medication and I don't think I realized until I got into school how rare that really is for parents to be that cautious. And that was something that I wanted to be able to help change. Also, I'm a Narcan trainer um, in the city of Richmond, Virginia. And so I've worked a lot with the opioid epidemic here in Virginia. And so I wanted to really focus on medication safety and abuse prevention. And so my social and impact initiative is now called Mind Your Meds. So that focuses on drug safety and abuse prevention from pediatrics to geriatrics. And that's the full title of my social impact initiative. And I think that it was something that's very needed um, and something that I was already doing. And that's the really the beautiful thing about having these social impact initiatives as a uh, candidate in the Miss America organization is for me, I was doing this all along. It wasn't something I just, you know, developed to compete. It was something that I was doing in my life, but it allowed me to kind of refine that and make that a little bit more structured in my own life. So that was a really great opportunity. And then so for the talent portion, that was a little bit more challenging because I'm not a singer and I'm not a dancer. So me neither. Yeah, right. And if I had done that, it really wouldn't have been it would not have been entertaining for anyone to watch if I sang or danced. So I wanted to, you know, spare everyone that. Um, and for me, I'm a public speaker. That's something that I've always been really good at. And so I find that to be a talent myself. So combining that with 
chemistry and a chemistry demonstration, which I always loved as a kid when I went into, I don't know if you felt the same way when you were in chemistry classes, when you saw the demonstration stuff up on the lab counter in the front of the room, that was a good day. Oh yeah. So that was really always something I looked forward to. So I figured I could use the talent portion of the competition to, to be more than a talent portion, to be able to show my public speaking skills and to be able to show the selection committee, which are our judges, what I could do if I went into elementary schools as Miss Virginia and how I could help to inspire young people to get interested in STEM careers. And that was really why I did this particular demonstration. And so it, I, I wanted to bring it to be more than just, you know, a talent. And I think that a talent is engaging people. And I want to be able to broaden that um, from just kind of our traditional perspective. Um, so that's kind of how I ended up as Miss Virginia. Um, to talk a little bit about how I ended up in pharmacy specifically is actually a little bit of a windy road. Um, I'll give you the shortened version of it for, um, for all of our sake. <laughs> the best versions are. <laughs> yes, it's a long story. So to make a very long story short, I originally started in college. I loved science my whole life. Um, so it wasn't a matter of what kind of science career I was going to take. It just, it was what I was going to pick. Um, started as a chemical engineer, was thinking maybe that I would want to do some kind of food engineering. Um, I was at a university that wasn't a good match for me. I ended up leaving that university and changing my major, went down to Virginia Tech in 2015, started as an engineer again and was like, okay, I like where I'm going to school now and I still don't like engineering. So we're going to change this, you know, the scientific method, you only change one thing at a time and then, then you figure out what the real common denominator is. <laughs> so changed that and then um, decided that I wanted to pursue a degree in systems biology, which was up and coming in my university. I'm actually the first graduate from my university with that degree. It's computational biology and mathematical modeling. It's basically a lot of biology and a lot of computer modeling and math. So that was really awesome for me. And they were like, oh, well, because this is, you're the first degree program, you're going to have to stay here an extra year to graduate with this degree because no one is going to graduate until 2018. So I was supposed to graduate in 2017. So in typical Camille fashion, I was like, I'm just going to add another degree on if I'm going to be here for another year. Yeah, why so not? I, why not? I mean, <laughs> I was paying the same tuition. So I figured get another degree out of the deal. Um, added on a biochemistry degree and did that in addition to the systems biology, which sounded like a good idea at the beginning. And then in the middle, I was kind of like, this is a lot. And, you know, now I'm thanking myself for my, you know, ambition in the past, because now I do have two bachelor of science degrees from Virginia Tech. I have both of those, um, and a chemistry minor, which was included, but either way, during my time there, I actually was able to intern with a pharmaceutical company for two years. And that was where I thought maybe I would end up with my biochemistry degree because I loved learning within biochemistry how, you know, the body interacts with chemicals and how, you know, enzymes react to chemicals and how enzymes kind of control a lot of, you know, the processes in our body. And all of this was so exciting to me. And it was something that I was very interested in. And so when I went into that pharmaceutical company, I was like, oh my gosh, well, medications are interacting with a lot of these body processes. And this is really cool too. I could use my biochemistry here. So then I worked under a farm D when I was in that pharmaceutical company. And I was one of those people, like many people in this world, who thought that pharmacists stood behind the counter in Rite Aid and counted pills. And so for me, I was like, wait, you're a pharmacist. Why do you work here at a pharmaceutical company, even though it seems so obvious now? So he was able to combine his pharmacy background and his clinical experience with a business degree and go into executive management in a pharmaceutical company. He was leading a whole business unit. And so 
I was like, this is really interesting. I really think that now I want to go and get a PharmD so that I can have that clinical background and then be really valuable to a pharmaceutical company one day. So Camille, the pharmacist was born and I applied to pharmacy school in my fifth year of undergrad. I really had never thought about it in the past. Um, visited Virginia Commonwealth University. That was one of three I applied to and they just completely stole me away. I loved it there and I had a great P1 year this past year. And so now I will take a year off um, where I would have been a P2 and I will be Miss Virginia for a year now. But it's a really great opportunity that now as Miss Virginia, I'm still working toward my career goals because I'm able to use that social impact initiative to change the lives of people in Virginia and be able to talk to people about medication safety, which is only, you know, going to strengthen my, my ability as a pharmacist. And to go back to your original question of how did I meld these two? I think that the biggest thing that I've been able to find between pharmacy and being Miss Virginia is the ability to communicate with any single person that you meet. I think that that's a common ground between being Miss Virginia and being a pharmacist. You have to be able to communicate effectively with every single person from every single background and demographic that you interact with. And you have to be able to communicate effectively and well and have that person really be able to engage with you. So when you're a pharmacist, you have to get that person's trust. And as Miss Virginia, I also want that person to trust me, but I also want them to get a great impression of me as Miss Virginia and be able to listen to my message about talking about medication safety or science in general. So those are the really the two ways that I think that being a pharmacy student, number one, helped me to become Miss Virginia because I had that kind of communication. Um, but then also Miss Virginia is only going to help me be a better pharmacist in the end. So that's a very long answer to your question, but um, I think that really sums up kind of how these all have gone, come together in my life thus far. No, that's absolutely spot on. And as a fellow professional speaker, absolutely, I can hear that you are a born public speaker. So, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, that's legit and just so well-spoken. And I, I just think that's so phenomenal what you said. And I've been a pharmacist since 2012, working full-time in the community. And that's the one thing that I found is, you know, what makes a good pharmacist? And it's it mm -hmm. really not just pharmacy, but life overall. It's yeah. all about relationships and you can't form those, you can't really make those strong if you don't have communication skills. So I think the fact that you pointed out is so profound. Um, if you're listening to this and you're a pharmacist or a pharmacy student, or just in any healthcare or any profession, really, that really is the secret sauce for how to elevate yourself, elevate your career, and just be a person of service. If you want people to take your advice because you want to help them. Just like reverse engineering, tying your engineering passion to this, that's your end goal. You want to make an impact. They're not going to act unless they can trust you. And they're not going to trust you if they can't understand you and see where you're coming from. So I think that main point that you pointed out is so profound uh, in practice as a pharmacist, as a pharmacy student looking to cultivate these clinical skills. It's really spot on. So thank you so much for, for pointing it out. I definitely think it's very important. And I think that that's something that um, if I were to be able to influence other pharmacists, um, throughout this profession is just to focus on that and to focus on getting your patients to really be able to understand you and to not assume that they understand you, um, even if they're just shaking their head at you, um, to really ensure, do that teach back method, that they're going to tell you back exactly what they've understood from what you're able to tell them. And I think that that's a, one of the ways in terms of, you know, the medication safety, that we can help make sure that people really understand what they're taking and how to take it properly, especially with something like opioids. Um, so that's really important, I think. 
100%. I absolutely agree for sure. I don't have time to work out. Eating healthy is not possible as a pharmacist. There's so many things to juggle. I just feel so stressed out. I can barely even keep it together. Guys, if this is you, I totally understand. I have been a practicing pharmacist full-time for over seven years. I've been through the hurdles, living through the trenches, and through my time with that, have developed simple solutions to help empower you to not only fit in fitness, but nail your nutrition and master your mindset, empowering you to lead by example through living a healthy lifestyle. I put all these solutions in an easy-to-read, applicable, and simple guide for you to read in my new book, RxU, The Pharmacist's Guide for Managing Stress and Fitting in Fitness. If you haven't gotten your copy, check the show notes for a link so that you can get yours today and get started to dispense your full potential. Now, originally, so I'm in Pittsburgh, and you say mm-hmm. you're from Pennsylvania originally as well. So really, we're neighbors. Uh, pretty much. a little. I'm a little farther east, but absolutely, I did grow up outside Philadelphia. So came down to Virginia um, to transplant down here for school and haven't returned. So I'm enjoying the less amount of snow. <laughs> And one thing that you did point on is you looked around at at other pharmacy schools, but your heart was just set on VCU. So can you just kind of share like why that stood out to you and and why that's home for you now? Virginia Commonwealth University, can you just kind of share, you know, why that was the place for you and and why it was a no brainer choice? Yeah. So for me, especially as someone who had transferred from my original university and undergrad um, and had been in a place where I was not happy. I knew very quickly what I was looking for in a university and what I was not. And so I had a really fantastic experience at Virginia Tech. And that was really because I felt a really tangible amount of support from the university, from the faculty, and from the students. And the minute I walked in the door at Virginia Commonwealth University for my interview, it, the support and the, the team aspect was really tangible there. The way that they communicated with us, they were trying they wanted us as much as we wanted them. And that felt really good as a candidate that's looking at a university that you want to be valued as a student. And so that was something I didn't really feel in my first university that wasn't the good match for me. Um, and for me, I really, I do, I do my best work in an environment where I feel good and where I feel supported and valued as a student. And that I'm not, you know, just paying tuition and you know, being tested because that's what I'm paying for, that it's really a relationship with those professors. And so I felt that from day one, walking in for my interview, and I have felt the same way, continuing through, you know, even being Miss Virginia, this university has been overwhelmingly supportive of this journey as Miss Virginia, where they could have just been like, oh, congratulations, great, awesome, and just, you know, let me be. I mean, they've gone out of their way to be supportive of me, Um, allowed me to film some videos in their labs for promotional purposes, allowed me to, they did a whole story on me on the website and have posted me on their social media. I mean, they've gone out of their way to make me kind of part of the VCU family. So it's been a great experience and it's a top notch, you know, teaching facility. We're at a level one trauma center in Richmond, Virginia. And so it's a great place to learn. And it's also a great place just to live in Richmond. Wow. So that, that uh, you just kind of stole the words. Um, they made you just feel like a part of the family. And that's, that's just exactly what I felt from you describing how supportive they were and everything else. And, uh, I can definitely relate from my alma mater, uh, university of Pittsburgh school of pharmacy, because they're just so supportive, uh, leadership, innovation, excellence, that that's just the core of what we preach. 
um, and, and instill in our students. So I just love that VCU is doing that too. And it's one thing to talk about it, but to actually do it, not just like one little like email. It's like, oh, great job, you know, kudos. It's like, no, 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 social, like come in, use our facilities. We want to promote you. We don't want to just like share. We want to help you on this journey. We want to do everything we can. And I think that is what makes not only a great school, but just the overall quality of being a mentor and helping to foster the gifts that someone has and live their full potential so that they can dispense that to others that are in their life. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the reason why many VCU pharmacists are very successful in their careers because they have really mentors from that university that are really helping to lead them in more than just ways of, you know, just in the classroom, but helping them outside of the classroom to make connections and network and really be able to tailor where they want to go with their career. So I'm grateful that I chose that university. And, you know, this time choosing a graduate school, I chose the right one. So um, I hopefully, well, I don't plan to at all transfer. So I am, I'm in a good place. Won't have to do that again. Like I did in undergrad. (laughs) That's awesome. And first off, like, holy crap, like (laughs) the amount of expertise you have. So that's, what's great is a lot of times people look at, you know, the struggle and the change and they, they can be hard on themselves, but looking at that, like struggle forges strength. Like you have so much coming into pharmacy school Mm -hmm. that no one else is going to have. So at the time it might be overwhelming. So if someone's listening to this and they've gone through a change or, you know, they're not sure if they're in the right place, don't be so hard on yourself. Look at that, not as an obstacle, but as an asset, because when you do find that place, let's say you're in pharmacy and that's your thing. Everyone in your class is going to get a PharmD that graduates. So what else is going to be on the table for you so that you can be innovative and make that impact, right? So looking at your life experiences, looking at what your passions are, that those, those struggles, those are really going to be your strength. They're going to be your calling card to set you apart. And, and look, just looking at you with what you've done using your platform uh, for the uh, Mind Your Meds, focusing on drug safety and abuse prevention, just that, that's one of the biggest topics in pharmacy, not to mention public health. So look at that opportunity that you're bringing and, and using that to your, your position as Miss Virginia to give that spotlight to pharmacy to really put emphasis not on the problem, but on what we can do as a solution. Yeah. And I think that all those struggles that I had, especially my first, my first year of college was really rough. Um, I, was, I was doing fine academically, but I was really struggling socially and really integrating into that new university that I was in. Um, and yeah, absolutely. I don't think I realized until after. It was a really tough time to leave that university as well. But again, all of those struggles that I went through really did make me stronger. And I think that they made me a better student coming into graduate school and helped me, number one, choose the right school, but also helped me face adversity with a different attitude. And definitely something I carry on. You know, when I have hard days as Miss Virginia, everything isn't all, you know, makeup and hair and roses and butterflies as Miss Virginia. There's hard days and there's long days. So when I face those things, I think I face them with a very different outlook now. Absolutely. And I don't think people realize, so they hear like, you know, you're taking off, you're taking a year off from school and you're like, oh, it must be nice to have a vacation. Not so. No way. <laughs> guys, guys, she is busting her butt. Like seriously. And I don't even know the whole story, but I just, <laughs> I just know like literally, for example, this podcast is being recorded in between meetings for her. Like it's insane. So don't think like, oh, she gets to take your off. No, no, no. She's actually grinding very, very hard, like probably as much, if not even more than like in pharmacy school. So it's that's just comparable to pharmacy school. I'll tell you that. Because, <laughs> that's a big you know, statement. <laughs> it's I'll tell you. So, I mean, when they gave me, this is really a job. It's a full-time position. And that's why I'm expected to take off this year so that I can dedicate my full-time and energy to this. 
And I mean, like it starts like in the morning with like, you know, a million emails and I'm answering like driving around. I was provided a vehicle as Miss Virginia because I drive so much and they, I don't need to put those miles on my own car. Um, I'll probably drive somewhere between, you know, 30 and 40,000 miles this year, um, just in Virginia. And that's independent of traveling anywhere outside the state. Um, but you know, as a pharmacy student, I was in 10 classes at one given time. I don't know how your pharmacy school was, but we had 10 classes last semester mm-hmm. at any given time. We had three exams a week, like pretty much every week. And then at the end of the semester, I had nine exams within 10 days of each other. And wow. that was the last 10 days of the semester. So when they gave me this job and I'm looking at the schedule and I mean, they, they're making sure that you're understanding like you know, that this is a job and it's rigorous and there's lots to do. And I'm like, heck, I did nine exams in 10 days and I survived. So I can survive driving across Virginia for events. Um, The only difference is really, and just talking from like, you know, a health perspective. Now I actually have a genetic disorder. Fun fact, I have something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a genetic connective tissue disorder. So that comes with a lot of chronic pain and fatigue for me. Mm. Um, And so the difference that I have now is that I was sitting in a classroom for eight hours a day, but now I'm either driving and or standing for eight hours a day, wow. um, which for me has been a little bit tougher on my body. And I have to make sure that I'm properly hydrating myself, making sure that I have enough electrolytes because it keeps my, my whole body just functioning better out. I end up with like hypoglycemia really quickly, which I think is unrelated, but I just like, I have to be really cognizant that I have enough food, enough water, and then I have enough rest. So it just complicates an already demanding job, but it's, you know, again, something I have to deal with in my life. Um, but it's definitely a shift because I'm doing probably the same amount of like cog, not the same amount of cognitive work, but I'm doing a lot of work, you know, as Miss Virginia, but it's different work and it takes a different toll on my body. So really, this is something that really is my focus in in pharmacy and, and all that I do with the fit pharmacist is seeing that we're all trying to give good care, but we can't. Mm-hmm from an empty cup, meaning that you have to really prioritize self-care. And, you know, we all have those days where it gets pushed to the wayside, but if you keep that consistently going, it's going to lead to, you know, all kind of health problems and everything else. Um, So first off, I want to say thank you so much for for sharing that about yourself. Uh, But I really think that that, you know, highlights the importance of self-care, even with all the things that you've got going on, which I still can't fully comprehend, (laughs) by the way. Me either. But, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. You're like, well, I'll figure it out once it's done. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it's just such a, a testament to how important that is because you want to do all these things. You want to impact people. You want to use your platform. You want to inspire. You want to be a voice for Virginia and and women and everything. But you can't do that if you're not in good space. And that starts with the small little wins you do. I like you said, making sure you have got nutrition, making sure you're resting, making sure you drink enough fluids. It might seem like insignificant or, or whatever, but that adds up, that builds up to put you in a space that you can do what you're meant to do and what you love to do to your fullest potential. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And for me, the, the joke in my family is that as long as I'm fed and watered, I'm happy. Um, because <laughs> really, it's, it's, I'm one of those people that gets hangry and I really do. Mm. I actually have, I'm not diagnosed, so disclaimer like chronic hypoglycemia, like my blood sugar is always really low. I, we did, we learned how to do the, um, the blood sugar testing this year in our P1, one of our uh, labs. Uh-huh. And like my 
after eating blood sugar was like 79. Like I had eaten breakfast. <laughs> so, and I like, when I tell you, I eat like a balanced breakfast. Like I eat steel cut oatmeals and like a hard boiled egg. And my blood sugar was like, cause for me, I thought maybe I was like spiking my blood sugar and then it went back down. But like, I am chronically like, I'll get dizzy and I feel like cognitively impaired when I'm that hypoglycemic and I can tell. So for me, I have emergency snacks with me all the time. And I, when I do parades, I have Gatorade with me. That's my key to parades. <laughs> and I always have, like, I literally, funny enough, Panera, I hope they don't listen to this, but I like literally, cause I know Panera's have like public microwaves in them. So I bring my meal prepped food and like have it in my car with me and then warm it up in the Panera microwave and then go back and eat it in my car. <laughs> oh, health hack right there. Oh, I do the same thing <laughs> because I don't want to where I live. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to like pay to like, if I had to buy all the food that I eat out, it'd be crazy. And it helps me control what I'm eating because I'm actually just eating the food I made at home. So I do like meal prep on the weekends and I post them on my Instagram every week too. Everyone seems to like those. So I share them, but yeah, I literally just warmed up my food and Panera and ate it in my car, but it's the way that like, cause I know I have a busy day and then I wouldn't have time to go home and eat lunch. So I have to like plan ahead and make sure I have like three water bottles with me, but it's, yeah, it's definitely important, especially in a role like this. And really for any job that you're in to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, even if you don't have any health conditions, because you're never going to give a hundred percent if you're not actually like a hundred percent yourself. 100% agree with that. <laughs> Perfect. Sorry, I'm a nerd in case you haven't no, caught one. <laughs> I am too. Don't even worry about it. I make I've been making science jokes in all my interviews recently. So I like joke that I'm the catalyst huh, of something and people oh. are like, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> or messy. should I say the enzyme? Um I was like, all right. And I'm like, that's no one gets this, so I'm gonna stop. Yeah, people, <laughs> people say I'm weird, but I just say, No, 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 you have a you have a twisted yo, I'm just limited edition. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I always joke that I'm the weirdest Miss Virginia I know. Um, because <laughs> I really, I am, I'm like a science nerd, but it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can be Miss Virginia and be a science nerd. There's no rule against doing that. I love that. And I love how you're representing Virginia and, and pharmacy with all that you do. Now looking at the, the parent organization. So this is something that I'm going to, I'm going to bring into some movie magic. So everyone's favorite movie, Miss Congeniality from back in the day, right? She said, one of the best things she said, it's not a beauty pageant, right? So looking at, and I just want to kind of get people's awareness up with this, with what the Miss America organization does is it's not a beauty pageant. They actually make profound change using amazing individuals like yourself to share their passions and really lead people to educate them, to make change and just to improve their lives. Mm -hmm. But just one fun fact, the Miss American organization is the nation's top provider of scholarships for young women. So that's profound, especially with so many people trying to, you know, get better lives or take what they have to a, the next level in education. It's just such, it's such a great thing. So um, I don't know if you wanted to share a little bit about what you have seen to be most impactful that that organization does for people across the country and how it's been working for them through this process. Absolutely. I am really excited to be able to be part of the Miss America organization. And it was Again, something I never really thought that I would be able to because I didn't have that performing talent. Um, but now, you know, just based on the scholarships, I was awarded within that. Now, this is my first time ever competing for Miss Virginia. So this is just from like from April to now. I was awarded $22,000 worth of scholarship money. So that's almost an entire year of tuition for me. And so depending on your school, that could be much more than a year of tuition for you. But I'm, you know, an out-of-state student here at Virginia Commonwealth, but that's, I mean, a huge help in terms of being able to pay my way for graduate education. 
Um, and that's really where this organization is based in, is in education and helping women to be able to further their, their higher education. Um, I think that the unique thing that this program really is able to do for women of all ages, because this actually starts, um, there's an outstanding teen program that's our sister program. It starts at age 13. Um, so some girls have competed in this since they were 13. And so they also have to develop those same social impact initiatives that we do. Um, so I developed that, you know, at 24 now. Um, but if you're 13 and you're developing something like that, you're going to continuously be working on that project throughout your life and throughout high school and college. And whenever that starts for you, it's really going to, first of all, give you an opportunity to give back to your community. But also when you're applying to colleges or if you're applying to jobs and you're able to say that you worked on your own independent project to do X, Y, and Z to help the community and to work on whatever social issue that you're trying to address, that's going to put you at a huge, huge advantage um, compared to other candidates at a job to be able to have those communication skills, to be able to command a room and walk on stage. And we have a 10 minute interview with five judges every single time that we go into a competition. So when you get comfortable with interviewing, I mean, it just makes you so much um, more marketable as a candidate going into a job. So I think that it really helps prepare women in a way that other really, I don't even know of a comparable other, you know, way to, to get those skills um, that we would get in the Miss America organization, there's nothing that really compares to it in the same way. Um, so it's really, it's impactful for many young women, including myself. Um, and it's something that I'm excited to be able to be a, a spokesperson for and be a proponent of, um, and also to be the re recipient of so much scholarship funds, yeah. um, which will help me through my education, which is just such an added bonus, but there's so much more than that too. Wow. That, that is so, <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Like, thank you. I mean, I don't have the hair long enough to pull this off or know. any of the skills, but uh, maybe someday in another life. <laughs> but yes. seriously, like what you're doing is so profound, not only just overall, but as a pharmacy student, it's just really an honor to connect with you and, and to have you share what you're set out to do. It's very clear. Like I can hear it so, so profoundly through your passion and what you do and you're doing this for a bigger cause. It's for something bigger than yourself. And I love people like that. I love that you're using your gifts and your struggles to paint that picture and connect with people to build those relationships because you have that experience and communication to lead them to a place to see solutions, to solve those problems and to really give them hope. So I just want to acknowledge you for all the amazing things that you are doing as a pharmacy student, as Miss Virginia, and for everything else that you've got going on in your life. Well, thank you, because that really is what I am trying to do. So that um, absolutely means so much to be able to have you all say that. So I am I'm very grateful, and I will continue to do it with a smile on my face through the entire year, because it's really a blessing to be able to do this. Amen to that. Guys, this is Dr. Adam Martin from the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the Miss Virginia 2019, Camille Schreier. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. All right, Fit Farm fam, until next time, I am out of here. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the show. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. Your time is invaluable, and I sincerely appreciate you sharing it here. Most importantly, hit that subscribe button so you get a fresh new podcast episode every single week. Also, please leave a rating and review for the show 
I sincerely hope that you got at least one golden nugget of knowledge from this episode. If you did, please share this with one person who you can help dispense their full potential. That is how this community will grow organically. I don't ask for anything in return, so thank you for your action of support. 